0: Hello friends, as we kick off a new season of Marketing Sweats, I have to tell you, I'm a little emotional over here. Not only have we had a really successful first year, nearing almost 10,000 downloads, but having listeners committed to continuing to learn more from our guests has meant the world to me, as many of you have reached out wanting to hear more. Every episode we do kind of feels like a gift from me to you, and this one is no exception. Today, I talk to my dear friend and business partner, Maggie Misselhorn. For those of you who know Maggie, you know she is quick-witted, wicked smart, and just plain fun to be around. She has become my confidant and coach in so many ways, and I'm truly honored she agreed to help me kick off season four, because she helped me invent this show in the first place. Even the name itself comes from Maggie watching the way we lead together, really sweating through the day-to-day to do some pretty amazing things. And while Maggie and I have had our share of go-arounds, each coming at marketing challenges from a little bit different perspective, I grew up strategy, she grew up creative. Our partnership has been so fulfilling. You'll learn about Maggie's personal and professional story and credentials during the first part of this episode, but she has some really exciting news to share. Listen in and I'll see you on the other side. So there's no easy way to get into this conversation. No, there's not. It's, it's you, Maggie. You're just so full of life <laughs> and energy. But obviously, you've been my business partner now for, gosh, I don't know how many years.
1: We really should have quantified that <laughs> before we jumped on here. Maybe a little fact sheet would have been Going helpful, on six,
0: maybe? Yeah, I think six. Crazy. Yes, yeah, and seven. our relationship has grown immensely yes, in that time. it has.
1: Time. It's grown a lot. A lot of great understanding has come as a result lot from that. of understanding Getting to know each other yeah, much better. Yeah, for
0: sure. But I had you on the show, and you're actually going to be my first guest this season because you have a big announcement to make to the world. Really? <laughs> yeah. <You do. laughs> <laughs> I'm excited for you to share your big news. I
1: know it is big news, so I'm expecting. <laughs> To retire. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, hopefully like no one cuts out right after that. Like, oh my God, is that even possible? Um, Oh my gosh. But yes, I'm retiring at the end of this year from Samantha. my second home.
0: I know. Isn't it crazy? I can't even wrap my head around it, to be honest. Tell people about, first of all, the decision Mm -hmm. to retire Mm -hmm. and the journey you've been on since you've come to that decision in Uh terms of just emotionally coming to terms with that? Because Simeon is kind of like our home. It's our baby. It's yeah, everything.
1: It's everything. It's crazy. Well, as you know, you know, when you and Tim became my business partners, we had talked about the fact that I was going to not be around as sure. long as you guys were. And we never really quantified it at the time. And I think, you know, as we we talked about it, that time got a little bit shorter.
0: Yes, it did. <laughs> you just kept cutting off years. <laughs>
1: I did. I think some of it for me is that I'm a huge fan of term limits. (laughs) (laughs) I really am. And I think that, you know, when you look at the company where it's going, it's outrageously exciting. And I think there's just so much opportunity for people. And, you know, over the course of the last couple of years, I mean, Mark, my husband, and I had always planned an early retirement. That has always been part of our plan. And we've worked really hard to get to that end. I think, you know, when you think about like COVID, for instance, that was kind of a game changer for yeah, us, you know. It was.
0: It's been a crazy year.
1: Mm-hmm. You know, you spend a lot of time at home with one another, and we're like, "Hey, we really do like each other." We always thought we did, but then when you spend that amount of time with someone, you really start to understand what it what it would be like. Yeah. You know? And so, you know, that was I think part of the decision making there. Sure. Personally, there were some health issues in my family, and I thought, wow, time is like really. Limited, the most precious thing it is, and so we are going to spend more time with family, yeah. and it's awesome. Well, and I'm looking forward to it. But it's going to be—I cra- mean, it's going to be such like a crazy <laughs> of energy in my life. Yeah, Isn't that great? It. That's a sound effect <laughs> just for all of you listeners. Um, there will be some use of sound effects moving forward. Maggie has podcast. a soundboard
0: in front of her, and she's very excited. It's about
1: fantastic. <laughs> oh, God, it's so great. Yeah, just the like the difference in energy in your life I mean when when you're in this building it is like yes it is like velocity and your mind is just going constantly and so I think that's going to be really an interesting dynamic in my in like in this change right to think there's not a million things going on in my mind right now
0: absolutely well anybody who knows you and Mark says it's you know you guys are couple goals for sure so yeah. I'm so personally happy for you but I'm very professionally yeah. sad because you have become my person in so many ways through the years we can we can use profanity right absolutely okay yeah I'm your oh shit person <laughs> and that's what you always person.
1: say but who's, who's going to be my oh shit person because I'm your oh shit person you might
0: still be my oh shit person and I, think, I hope
1: that's okay oh absolutely <laughs> and i probably at that point will have like a totally different perspective on, absolutely. Yeah, on things so I'll probably awesome. be the, the calming oh shit person even <laughs> to a larger degree than I right. am today.
0: Yeah. Cool. Well, I'm so glad you're willing to share that with the world now. And yeah. we still have a good six months together, which I'm sure you're going to play all kinds of jokes on all the humans. Oh, it's just going to be great. I really have to go out with the bang.
1: <laughs> oh, for sure. Bang.
0: Yeah. All right, clients, get ready because mm-hmm. who knows what Maggie's going to do here. So let's take a big step back. Okay. Because a lot of folks might not know your story. Mm-hmm. So talk a little bit about your upbringing, how you became Maggie, and then a little bit about your professional journey before you got into the craziness of Samantha. Oh, geez. That's a long journey. <laughs>
1: Born and raised Peoria, Illinois. Yeah. My favorite places. You know, it's funny. I was thinking about this interview and, and you know, just thinking about like, how do you get to where you are like right. in, your, in your career? And I was thinking back and I always had like this interest in just like, not, not necessarily, I wouldn't look at it as like advertising or, or writing or anything, but I always had that ability to spin. Okay. And so like make something more interesting than
0: it, it really actually was. is.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and there was one particular incidence that this came to light. It was, I was in seventh grade and there was this, um, you know, science fairs, you know, sure. do science and. And if you do something, if you do one that's really interesting, then you get to go to the next level. Oh. And that's like really a big deal. Sure. Well, I wasn't a science person. <laughs> I'm not a math person. It right. really didn't interest me, but I'm a competitive yes, person. You are. So I'm like, I'm going to get to that next level. <laughs> that's going to happen. However, because I don't like science, I took kind of this easy route, you know, so I'm like, oh, I'll just Order out of the catalog. I'll get the fetal pig. I'll dissect it. No, you did not. (laughs) Yeah, because that's like one of the options, and that's not really hard to do because you can just like put the little flags inside the fetal pig, and then you just say, "Oh, here's all the parts," and that that's it. It Seemed fairly easy, but then I thought, "Well, that's not going to get me to the next level." Okay, you know. (laughs) So (laughs) I decided that I would. I don't know, wear a costume. I thought that would be add a level yeah. of interest to it. And for the life of me, I have no idea why I chose like a trench coat and sunglasses. Oh, no. <laughs> I have no, no idea why. And then I thought, well, if I'm dressed up, I should probably dress up the pig. And so I put this little dress. I think it was one of the dresses that my mom brought one of us girls home from the hospital in. The dress like covered up all of the um, the little flags sure. that where you label things. And so then I thought, well what else can we do? Because this just doesn't seem like enough. And so I thought maybe a song (laughs) would work. And so I just kind of like started, you know, trying to think about like what what would be an interesting song. And then I'm like, well, I'll look up like the definition of pig. And so I looked up the definition of a pig and I wrote a song and to which three of my best friends, one of which is a really good singer, they were my backup singers. So I had three backup singers. I was dressed in a trench coat And I also wore sunglasses. And then I had the pig dressed up. And so when I was presenting, every time I said the word pig, (laughs) the backup singers would go, pigs are long, body, short, legged, pitch toad, hoofed, mammals. (laughs) And so like I had to make sure that I had said the word pig enough to really get some momentum going here. And I remember looking back at the back of the room and it was uh, my teachers, Mrs. McLaughlin. And she was laughing so hard; she just was like, "What is happening here?" And then it was like, "I got to the next level." You did. I did. Did so. Yeah.
0: You have always been a performer.
1: Always, always. And creative, mm-hmm.
0: and you're still making up jingles today. I know.
1: I sing songs all the time. I I wrote a song for my dog recently, and it's Can you awesome. share that
0: one because it's so good?
1: Oh, it's so bad, <laughs> but okay, I'll do it because I mean, why not? yeah. You're so tired. he's he's a little baby puppy, and he's adorable, and so. so adorable. And so when he looks up at me, so I decided I I say, this is so stupid. I can't believe I'm doing this, but I make these noises. I always say like, jibby, jibby, jibby. (laughs) That's what I say to him all the time because he's just so cute. And so I wrote the song. Here it goes. It's called jibby, jibby, jibby. Ready? Go. You got the jibby, jibby, jibbies in your belly. You got the jibby, jibby, jibbies in your ear you got the jibby jibby jibbies in your four paws. Don't want no jibby jibby jibbies in your beer. (laughs) So, I mean, I know that's gold. That's gold. That's what what that is. So, yeah. So anyway, (laughs) getting back to the fact that that's kind of how I was brought up. But my dad, he was in real estate. Okay. He was a realtor here in Peoria for many years. I remember him like saying to me, you know, because he would have to, he would have to, put ads in some of the newspapers and small community publications. And he just was like, he didn't like the ones that they would produce to the company. He'd say, Hey, you know, Mag, what do you think? You know, can you write something down? Cause I was always doing like weird things like that. I would write his ads and now I'm like completely horrified right now, like thinking back on like what I wrote for him and that I'm sure he like thought he had to use it because I did it or (laughs) hurt my feelings or destroy my sense of worth. And so he literally used it. I wrote like, home buying plans on the back burner? Call John R. Whalen and see what's cooking. And he used that stuff.
0: Aw, that's great <laughs> Isn't though. it? Oh, so yeah. sweet. Yeah, isn't
1: that nice? Yeah, so I was doing that. Like at a very early age, I would just write random things and and I would write cards for people too so I would do my own like um, birthday cards cards. oh that's so cute but they never rhymed I made (laughs) sure you knew they were going to you thought they would rhyme like they started out really strong like oh this is going to rhyme and I would always I was really good at, at synonyms I would come up with a synonym for the word that rhymed that just like didn't like rhyme at all. And so it was, yeah. So that was always kind of something I really liked to do, which is (laughs) strange.
0: For those of people who don't know, I mean, you've done a lot of writing at Mm Samantha, but you didn't go into marketing. You started. No. In what? Well, here at Sammontol no, or just in, in your my career. career
1: well actually in my career my first you know as a communications major I had a, a concentration in advertising and PR so okay. in college i lo- i mean i loved radio i would write radio spots and record radio spots all the time in my classes awesome. and it was like so it was so fun and you know i look back and some of the things i did i mean was not like <laughs> not like you would ever want to say some of the things i wrote about but but that was always just something i really loved okay. but when i got out of school I actually was in a a job at a publishing company here in Peoria and I was selling advertising. Got it. But the cool thing was, so I had these clients and they had really sometimes really shitty ads, you know, and so then I would help them. And so I'd be like, you know what, why don't I write this for you? And and so I started doing that. We had an in-house creative department there, too, but I never used them, not because I didn't like them or didn't think they were good because they were. It's just I enjoyed doing it. Sure. So I would do that. So I was in, in publishing for seven and a half years, I think. And then with that that company, I just needed a change. And right. the funny thing is, Misty, like the, the verticals that I worked within would just like make most people laugh because it was all of these special interest publications for like women's quilting, oh. women's cross stitch, <laughs> crafting and all of which I have zero interest or ability in, Yeah, but I had a blast and it was a great company. And, you know, like I've met great people there, like Sue Burke, who works yeah. at Semanal. She was one of my coworkers there. And yeah. so it was a great time, but I was ready for a change. And I, like I said, about seven and a half years, then I made a really weird move, a really weird career move that almost crushed my spirit just because oh. it was like, so not me. Right. I went into pharmaceutical sales and that like is a really good lesson in my career path, I think, because I knew several people that were in pharmaceutical sales and this one particular company, the one that I went to work for, who, you know, made a very, very good living. Right. that was kind of my deal. I'm like, well, you know, yeah. I can make really good money doing this. And it was a great lesson that money
0: <laughs> doesn't create happiness, doesn't create
1: happiness. Yeah. and you have to be challenged in your career. And I was in no way, shape or form challenged in really? this job. I was very successful at it. It was like so easy for me, but it wasn't challenging. And it was like, it, I felt almost like it was demeaning. Sure. You know, in a way for me, for what right. I wanted out of, not that the job isn't, you know, sure. for other people, but for me and what I needed to do. It
0: just it wasn't something I wanted to do. Like challenging your brain. Yeah. Like the way Samantha does. Yeah. Just...
1: And, you know, in many of those jobs, like this particular one, I was repping a very mature drug, a mature okay. molecule. Yeah. For me to take the time from a doctor to detail him on something he knows a lot about. Sure. I'm taking that time away from his patients. That seemed just not right. Yeah. So that wasn't the best career move, but it was an awesome lesson learned. And so.
0: So then how did you end up at Symantle? You're out there repping drugs. I'm
1: repping drugs. (laughs) So I really didn't like my career as a pharmaceutical rep. Symantle had always been on my radar from the time I was like in college. Just knowing because at the publishing company, we would go to the Addy Awards. Uh, so the local Addy Awards. Okay. And so we would, you know, we would submit for those. And Samantha was always there. Sure. And they were so annoying.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> because they won. They won uh... everything. And they were so loud about <laughs> and it. Fun. Oh, so you could see, okay, here's Maggie looking over, going, Oh, it's a creative place. And they're
0: winning. Yeah. Which is all Uh, about what you want. Yeah.
1: And they like to party. Yeah. I'm like, I think that company is worth looking into one of these days. So I knew a couple people here. One of the guys I worked with at the publishing company, he actually uh, came to work here and he reached out to me before I reached out to him and said, you know, have you ever thought about coming down here? And I didn't know what I was interviewing for. And I mean, that is like totally us because in the like how we think here. And I think it's still a good way of thinking is like if someone in these walls sees someone that they think could be a good fit here and we don't have a we don't even have an opening. Let's talk to him. Let's figure it out.
0: So many of us have that same story.
1: And so I said, you know, I'm not in a huge rush right now. Right. So let's talk about what it could be. It was like, okay, we could hire you in a role for business development, or we could hire you as like an account manager. Our consultant didn't want me to be hired in the business development area because I had too much experience. So they wanted to get a they wanted to get someone who was really green. And I told them I wasn't really interested in the account yeah. position at the time. So That's how that happened. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Susie
0: always had such intuition Mm -hmm. and she knew that about you. Yeah. 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 So
1: it was like the, yeah, it was called the spark.
0: So you come into Samana in a new business role and, and a little bit, you're with the spark and the torch probably. Talk a little bit about that, about your actual job, oh what God. you were doing at the time. Sending out direct mails, right? Sending
1: out direct mails. Which was yes. the
0: precursor to what is marketing automation today. Absolutely. Only you were doing it very manually.
1: Very manually. And when I say very manually, I mean, I literally was putting the direct mailers together. I remember there was this one time we sent out, we had a we had like a theme each, sure. each round. So we would do, I think, six mailings. Right. Okay. And they each had to have like a theme. And they all connected to one another. And I can't even remember for the life of me what the theme was, but it, <laughs> each one of them had some level of food okay. in it. I don't know. But so I was at one point, Misty, spending a good portion of my days making Fake pizza stains.
0: <laughs> I remember you talking about this in like, a box, making grease marks. Yeah, box. like
1: like like. It, so it was a pizza box, and then I had to like have paper towels with like oil on it <laughs> and to try to make it look like the pizza's gone. And then I would put the little white thing huh. in there, the plastic thing that keeps the little lid off table, the yeah. yeah. And so that was literally my like job. my job for a yeah. while. I think that was like one time, at, like one of the first times that Samantha like questioned my career. <laughs>
0: He's not the pharmaceutical rep,
1: was Yeah, it? I'm like, okay, I went from like taking food to doctor's offices to like making a direct mail that <laughs> pretends to be food. I'm like, right. I don't think that this may have been like the best uh, career choice.
0: But it speaks to how all of us have to like pay our dues, right? Exactly. Come up in the business and mm-hmm. you appreciate it that much more because you put oh, in those late nights. Absolutely. And-, and you know,
1: the funny thing, I had no one to blame but myself because I was the one coming up with all of the, the ideas. ideas for, for the. For the mailers. So I couldn't like go up to the creative director and yell at him. Like, right. are you kidding me? You yeah. know, no, it was like, you did this. <laughs> this is, this is all on Better you. finish what you started. Yep, finish That's what so you started. Weird. Yeah. So, so it was weird. So yeah, we were sending out, we were sending out a lot of direct mails.
0: But it was working and you it were was. good at it and mm-hmm. you were getting eyeballs on Samantha.
1: Yep. And then and- we hit the road. We would like, I'd get some, you know, I'd get leads and we'd get meetings set up.
0: Talk though a little bit about your transition. So after business development, you moved into the creative lane, right? I did. Yeah. So
1: during the time when I was in business development, like I said, I was, you know, an agency is, it's, it's really hard to be a client (laughs) when you are in the agency. So Our client work always trumps all, you know, so trying to get our own collateral, trying to get our own marketing material done was next to impossible because we were busy. And so I just kept, you know, I kept getting bumped. And so that's when I was like, I can do this.
0: Well, I joined the organization, gosh, 2004. You were very much always the leader that set the cultural tone too Mm -hmm. for the organization. I think five years after I had been here, it looks like 2009, you became an owner and Mm -hmm. actually a VP executive creative director at that time. Right. So talk a little bit about that transition and how that started to maybe change your perspective a little bit and Mm -hmm. and just maybe the responsibility of it. Because if you didn't want this CD role, I'm sure that was a big jump as well.
1: Yeah, it was. It was was a, a really big jump. I think people, you know, when you think about owning your business, people might think, oh, you must be an entrepreneur. Right. And I would say when you buy into an existing company, I would never think of myself as an entrepreneur. Me you either. Know? Not at That's all. That's not, that isn't it. It was just such a, it was such a natural progression sure. that it almost, you didn't even realize what was happening, you 100%, know? 100%. Yeah. And so then all of a sudden, when you realize it, you realize this, I, I don't have a job anymore. My job is out the window. I have a career that is awesome responsibility and it's like your life. It's not, you don't like ever leave it behind, you know? It's like, oh my gosh, it's not a project anymore. It's not an initiative anymore. It's not a campaign. It's not any of those things.
0: Right. Yeah. And you still talk about that today where work and life, the lines are blurred.
1: They're so, oh, it's unbelievable. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, I don't think there's a lot of people here, you know, like, you know, passion is one of our values. Sure. And so we all are very passionate about our work. And right. I don't think there's one person that leaves it here. Yeah. You know, yeah. we just don't. But it's like that next level of, sure, you know, can be yeah. kind of all consuming. And you know that.
0: Right. Well, what what I've loved about partnering with you even in the past few years is how much, and and maybe COVID had an impact on this, we've been able to acknowledge that even more, that you you can't leave it, you know, behind. And anything we can do to help employees with life um, makes us really, really happy. So we're moving more in that direction. Yeah,
1: I think so, for sure.
0: I mean, significantly more in that direction. Yeah, Yeah. I'm excited about that. Mm -hmm. Well, when you look back, what were some of the sort of hardest, funniest, scariest projects? Like, which ones stand out to you? I think that that's some of the
1: things that I'm probably more proud of. Just like, for instance, the museum. Yep. Crazy. I mean, crazy that we had a hole in, like, the center of our downtown. It was just a hole that looked crappy. And so we were hired in partnership with Caterpillar because, you know, the Caterpillar Visitor Center was going to be co-located on that campus. And if the museum didn't get built, the Caterpillar Visitor Center didn't get built.
0: Yeah, so much it, at stake.
1: There was so much at stake. And so, you know, we kind of had this talk with, you know, Caterpillar said, we'd sure appreciate it if you could get involved in in trying to raise money to get this done. So it was really kind of a, a capital campaign right, at the time. Right. Now this, you know, had been going on for quite some time and they weren't anywhere close to the goal. Right. Uh, So they just needed a really solid strategy. And then it became a a kind of a twist happened shortly after we got involved where it wasn't just going to be a capital campaign. It became a political campaign Uh, because there was going to be a referendum to to help pay for that. And then on top of that, they had another twist and that was that the economy bottomed out. So we were all of a sudden. In a recession, Mm -hmm. trying to pass a referendum for people to pay additional taxes to get a museum built. So it was a really difficult, it was a difficult campaign and it took a lot of energy,
0: grassroots, grassroots on the street. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, even
1: like. Like phone banks. We did, I like, I was on a phone bank. I I
0: remember those nights, and you guys were like, How did we get here? Oh, it was
1: unbelievable. And you know what? During that phone bank, I don't know if you know this. So I had these like, ran these phone number lists, you know, and so I called this number. And it ended up, I'm not going to say the name, but it ended up being like a local strip club. Oh my God. And I'm like, oh my God, how is this, how is the strip club even on this list? That's so weird. And, <laughs> and I'm and they're like, hello, you know, and say the name of the strip club. And I'm like, oh, I think I have the wrong number. I said, I'm sorry. Do you live in Peoria County? <laughs> oh, <you did. laughs> and I totally did. And, and the guy's like, yeah, I live in Peoria County. I'm like, okay, gee, if you have one quick second. And so I like gave him the whole spiel about build the block. Oh and he's gosh. like, huh. That sounds pretty cool. And I said, okay, if you could just here's the date you you have to go vote on it, and this is what it's going to say. be called. And yep. gave him the whole spiel, and he said, oh, I'll tell and my coworkers. Yes. I know. I'm See? like, that's so
0: great. That just represents your salesman <laughs> ability, Maggie. Yeah. Never give up attitude. I know, because I'm thinking,
1: it. you know, it's 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 better than just one person yeah. sitting at home because he can tell everyone that's right. in the strip club. You know, no judgment.
0: Well, you and Susie <laughs> worked on so many of those countless community initiatives. Mm-hmm. I think back to some of the healthcare initiatives you guys. Our why at Semantle, for those listeners that may not know, is sort of inspired ideas can change everything, right? right and right. that was an example of totally. where something that started as just like a little nugget of an idea yeah. changed the landscape of our city.
1: Absolutely. And there
0: were a lot of those.
1: There were a lot of those.
0: There were families mm-hmm. and family businesses that mm-hmm. you helped. Absolutely. In return. And there's just a lot of exciting things when I think back to All the projects you had an imprint on. Yeah, I know.
1: And I kind of gravitated into those projects because early in my career here, of course, I worked a lot on Caterpillar. I remember the launch of M-Series. That was like... I remember going to uh, Colorado for a dealer advisory meeting. That was my first dealer advisory meeting. And it was just like, it was just, it was like so educational yeah. and, and a really great, a really great project to work right. on. Yeah, yeah
0: no, I, I love that. The other thing, though, people might not know about you yeah. is how much you focus internally in the organization on hazing employees. <laughs>
1: Oh, God. so Yeah, everyone here knows it, that's for sure.
0: <laughs> I, For those of you who've never been in our office, so Maggie kind of sits up high. She can mm-hmm. oversee all the people and mm-hmm. she can pinpoint who she's going to pick on on any given day.
1: Yeah, I actually literally <laughs> did that with a laser pointer one time. <laughs> I had a laser pointer in my office and I would put it on the wall just, and it was like people were like, what is that? What is that? And then they'd like look around, I'd sit down, they wouldn't see it. And oh, it was just, it was fantastic. Uh,
0: yeah. There's yeah. lots of examples where you play jokes on people, especially yeah. in new business. You would always call us and tell us how terrible it would went. Yeah. Really, it was fine. I know. They were usually fine. But yeah. the,
1: the one time that it was really terrible <laughs> and I tried to tell everyone and they're like, yeah, right, whatever. Right. I'm like, no, it really was horrible. <laughs> it just didn't, It really did not go well.
0: <laughs> oh, I never know what to believe, Meg. I know. I know. Good times. I do want to ask you, though, as a creative director, mm-hmm. you were one of only a few female creative directors in our entire network of agencies. Right. And Eamon for, for the country, for that matter, right. at the time,
1: you know, because there is there is this organization called the 3%. And at the time when I was a creative director, you know, first became a creative director, that statistic was true, meaning 3% of creative directors in the U.S. were female, wow. which is crazy because even at that time, it was a huge percentage of purchase decisions were being made by women. Sure, And so understanding what made it even more strange, you know, when you think about, okay, you're a female creative director, that's something. But in the heavy industry segment is like really kind of crazy. It so. Is vast majority of our business being in heavy industry, so big you know big machinery and construction and right. infrastructure brands, so that was more even more of an anomaly, yeah, but I remember going to the Amon conference for the first time as a as a creative director, and I felt like I was like a zoo animal. <laughs> people were like oh my god you're you're the creative director you' the creative so director at semi And I'm like, yeah. yeah, and I didn't know it was a thing,
0: right, yeah.
1: I had no idea that that just wasn't a thing, but I guess I could have figured it out had I looked around the room, understanding I was the only one in there that was a woman. So
0: when you and I go to CEO summits and that sort of thing, Mm -hmm. it's unfortunate, but I would say it's probably the 80-20 rule that our industry is still very male-dominated, but I've had the great luxury of learning from you and Susie Mm -hmm. and learning how to be a strong female leader. And so I will always appreciate that about Samantha, for sure. Yeah. So... Talk a little bit about how the industry has evolved. You've helped us, Maggie, rebrand our organization, really moving us from more of a branding company to a CX company. Mm -hmm. You've always had these strongly held beliefs that sort of creative and strategy have to work together and ideas are really your differentiator. Mm -hmm. So talk a little bit about just those philosophies and some of that that you've come to hopefully instill as we go forward as an organization.
1: Yeah, you know, it's great. I came to Samantha at a time when strategy was the new focus. Sure. There's always something new. I know. And so, yeah, it's true. Like by design, we change and evolve. But I was hired in at a time when strategy was our focus. So as a differentiator for Semanal at the time, I mean, you can have a creative vendor and a creative vendor is very important. But when you're a strategic partner, With your clients, it kind of ensures you a seat at the table and you can help plan around the good times and the bad times. If you're a creative vendor, you go away during the bad times because budgets get cut. And so it was really important for us as an as an agency to be at that table and help plan around that and so Samantha had invested at the time in, in really working through what our strategic approach was. so you know creative was an outcome of that right. but you couldn't have i mean i to this day because I came in at that time to this day, I can't imagine an agency trying to put together any sort of of communication without truly having the insights needed to. Do it right. Right. And so I've never was, you know, there's creative agencies, boutique agencies, creative shops, whatever you want to call it. That insight level was always built in here from my time. Yeah. when I think just the nature of the people that were here, even when Smanle started, yeah. you know, having like Kevin and Susie in at the ground floor, they're strategic thinkers. I yeah. mean, they were creatives, they were both designers, but you've got to always uncover why you're doing this. You're Absolutely. not you're not making things just beautiful yeah that's just not what it's about so that has always been baked in but you know me and I've always been that person that is because you and I have had many discussions (laughs) about it because if if you don't know Misty (laughs) Misty is awesome in her insights and she loves data 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 loves data I mean truly loves it and I get that and I understand it and I value it immensely but as you and I have had discussions that I would always say like you can't like Data can't tell you everything. And data might be trying to tell you something that you're not hearing. That's what I try to focus on is using enough of the insights because you can't deduce a Mm. creative idea. Right. You just can't. It can't just like tell you that data can't tell you how to make that Mm -hmm. idea engaging. Can't tell you how to make that idea endure over time. Data won't do that. But you have to look at it a little bit differently, and that's what I always liked about working with you. You would be so great about framing up the stru- the strategic parameters that we should be ideating within. Right in my mind, I just never separated the the strategic and the creative. Yeah. It was just a, an evolving process that happened. You know, I've learned a lot so of much from
0: you in that way. I mean, even now we're working on a, a deep new product introduction right. strategy together, and so we both contribute to the insights process. But you've always taught me, you know, if you can just turn it on its head slightly and really think about how it's going to land on you as a consumer, you know, that's where the idea needs to stem from. Right. And so I'm going to miss that about you, but we, we have lots of people here who do that. Oh, for sure. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the last section of my discussions always end with kind of taking your marketing experience and turning it into more your leadership experience. Mm-hmm. And so there's lots I want to ask you in that space. But tell me a little bit, when you think back, what do you love most about Samantha? What are you going to miss the most? Oh, jeez. <laughs> and I might make her cry. That's kind of the goal here. <laughs> so I will not do it. I, I refuse to do it.
1: So I'll use this a lot. <laughs>
0: You're always really good at making people laugh. The laugh
1: track. Well, the energy. First of all, I remember like when Susie retired. That was the thing she told me. She's like, "Oh my god, the energy. Like I don't have that energy." You know? I think that and the laughs.
0: Yeah, I know.
1: (laughs) (laughs) No, I will totally miss that because we just laugh so much here. It's crazy. When you have to.
0: Oh my gosh, you have to. Otherwise, you'd cry. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. On the daily. Yeah. On the daily, right. you would cry. Yeah. And I
1: mean, there are just times that you, you have to laugh so right. you don't. And don't get me wrong. I mean, we're not crying over here all the time. No. You know? no. But, but yeah, I think the laughs and then just the creative stimulation.
0: Yeah. What do you mean by that? The constant problems? Yeah. To solve? <laughs> no, I think
1: it's just the people that you I know. collaborate. Yeah.
0: Gosh, I didn't think I'd get upset. <laughs> but no, just like when you collaborate with people. Gives you energy. It is that energy. And we talk a little bit about this a lot at Samantha. Like, this everybody sort of has their person or their people, right? And there's this yin and yang at Samantha. And yeah. it's like a palpable energy that you yep. can feel when you're totally. working with somebody that you like just vibe with. Right. And that's a thing here. Mm-hmm. And it's something that I've even taken into my personal life. Like, you get sort of addicted to that. Sort of. <laughs> Not
1: sort of. You totally get addicted yeah. to it. Yeah. And that is the things like, you know me, I, flipping
0: love a deadline.
1: I mean, there is nothing
0: like a deadline. Oh, I hate that about me. you too. Oh, you God, love it. Love I'm like, it. Maggie, let's get this done a week early. Nope. Let's no, work down no, to the wire. No, we have to
1: work down to the <laughs> wire. The ideas get better the more intense and urgent it is. Yeah. It just, it just always is that way. And so, I mean, I can't imagine when I don't have a deadline, am I just going to like turn into a failure? <laughs> like I'm going to have to like self-impose deadlines for things because I need it
0: you can always call me you know i'll give you one. i know yes you
1: always will you always will but we are challenged every single day totally like hour by hour with different things and you know i think that's like good for you
0: that couldn't have been more apparent during the pandemic either oh my god oh my gosh we were like on leadership survivor weren't we
1: yeah it was unbelievable I'm like are you kidding me they're going to throw this at us too and it was right. just yeah it was unbelievable but so those are things i mean but believe me I am going to have plenty in my, in my (laughs) life to already, you know, to challenge me. And I just know like it's as much as I will miss so many things about Semantle and so many people here at Semantle, it's such a good, like for me, it it just feels like the timing is right because the agency is in awesome shape and in awesome hands. And it's just, you know, it's like, you know, when you just feel something and you go, yeah, that, that, it just smells right, Misty.
0: (laughs) This is her new thing. It just smells right. She's trying to introduce a new phrase. It's a mantle because she's tired of us saying wrestle to wrestle the to the
1: ground. Let's wrestle that one to the ground. Let's. I'm like no. Oh, you're so. so I really, I'm really hoping that it just smells right
0: catches on because um, Mark
1: and I, my husband, we, we right. yeah,
0: we we're trying to get that to really get some. I like it. I like some ground here. Yeah. But you said obviously you're going to be super busy. We, yeah. M- most of us know you have a love of art. Well, Tim and I, our other partner talked about this. And as much of an amazing impact as you've had at Semanal, we really believe you're just going to have an even bigger one outside of here and in the community. And we're so excited for you guys. I guess if you had one piece of advice, what would you want to leave us with? I guess, you know, you've been such an instrumental leader to me personally, Maggie. I think I've told you that through the years. I remember actually writing you an email early in my career saying, just how different you were in your Mm -hmm. leadership style. And you just truly care about people so much. And that's what it's always been about for you. So how do we keep that focus? And what advice do you have as you push us out of the nest a little (laughs) bit here? Oh, you guys, you're fine. You're fine (laughs) out of the nest.
1: No, no doubt. Yeah, I have been a different leader, I think, than I would have expected even because I think sometimes you have that thought like that, picture in your mind of like, you have to be the one that makes all the decisions. You tell people what to do as a leader. You make, and it's just not like that. And so I think listening to people and <laughs> <laughs> I just love that sound it. It helps so much, but no listening because I learned more about leadership from the people that I led because I had to change. Okay. Okay. So like sometimes like, Miss, do you like coaches? I do. And coaches and that works great for you. My kind of pseudo coaches are the people that I'm leading because I'm trying to pay attention to what's working and what's not working with that individual. And so Mm -hmm. I've learned more and I've, my temper has gotten less. Mm -hmm. And now I tried to try to keep that, you know, to a minimum anyway (laughs) in work. But you know how sometimes you can be like, I know I'm right. I know I'm right. Yeah. Well, you can't. Right, that's not that, that doesn't work, right. you know, and so, like adjusting over time to the people that you're leading, that taught me more how to lead than looking at a like a mentor or something. Yeah. I, I would you know, always notice how people are doing things, but I think for me, it became like winning isn't everything. yeah, being right isn't everything. yeah, those sorts of things. And also, like even when you think you're right in yeah. this in this business, there are so many answers there's so many different answers different ways to get there yeah and yeah. so like i had to i really had to go okay and also i think coming into the role as a creative director and not literally not having a lot of experience that you can go one of two ways with that you can like just pretend you do or you can be someone that just listens and tries to you know figure it out with yeah. people and i chose that route yeah
0: Um, I see that in you. You're such a facilitative leader in that way. You're always asking, well, what about would this work? And how do you feel about this? And just even the way you phrase things, it always just feels very welcoming in that way. So like I said, Maggie, I'm going to miss the shit out of you. I am going to be calling you all the time. We're going to be doing beers by the pool I know that will be good
1: that will be yeah see I will get more pool time everyone more pool time (laughs) for Maggie
0: everybody knows Maggie likes the pool Yeah, so So
1: that's a that will be a great thing and I will just be like such an interested bystander (laughs) to the Samantha brand which is like going to be so cool to watch
0: well thanks for that I'm excited to try it We'll get back to the rest of the interview in just a minute. But first, I want to tell you about our sponsor, Symantle. I happen to know a thing or two about them because I'm one of the owners. Symantle is an industrial consumer marketing firm with an obsessive focus on customer experience. We not only execute killer marketing campaigns, but we help organizations align around goals, audiences, messages, channels, and tactics to create more than campaigns, but programs that align to business strategies. Samantha has 40 years experience crafting positive, engaging customer experiences at every point in the consumer journey. And if you like what you hear on this podcast, head to semantel.com slash blog for more content. You'll find articles, tips and tricks, do-it-yourself tools, webinars, and more to help you keep learning and growing right along with us. this is where I end every interview and I, and I didn't tell you I was going to ask this. So curious where your head goes, but are there any questions that you're pondering now that you would love to get advice on from someone else?
1: Gosh, that is a good, that's a good question.
0: You know, it's funny because I think about like the future of, of the agency
1: and I see where the future of, of marketing is going and right. everything. I'm a brand person.
0: Yeah. I've I always branding.
1: been, I've always been brand person. I believe that, Even with all of the technology, even with all of the content, I believe that brand wins.
0: Yeah, every time. I agree with that.
1: And I would love to see how, you know, because I'd like to ask that question to someone who can prove me wrong there. (laughs) Because (laughs) brand will always win. And I just think in the right now, there's so much content. Yeah. We're content creators. So we love creating content. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Gotta have it. I know. I think the one thing that we do really well is good content. Yeah. We're the quality people, not quantity people. Because it ties that. back to brand.
0: It does. Know? It yeah.
1: does. When you think about like like design, for instance, in a brand, if you saw something that was designed very, it was very busy and overdone, that would kind of cheapen. Right. You'd think that's, oh, that's a cheaper brand. When you see something that's very clean and with purpose, tends to make you think, oh, that's, that's a quality, that's a premium brand. And it's the same with, with content. It's like when there's just so much of it, yeah, trying so hard, trying so hard. It's like, that's not a premium brand, you know? So even though we're in the business of creating content, it's like that. It has to be the good quality, engaging content. And so so it is. And I, and I hope that's like one thing that as I watch on the, on the sidelines that Samantha just always, that's like the base, the foundational part of who we are. And I just know that will continue.
0: I love that. I love leaving it there because there was a moment Maggie and I were sitting around the table when Susie and Kevin were still here and we were trying to strategic plan. Mm -hmm. And we had an outside facilitator, I think at the time, or someone from our operations team. And we didn't, we were talking about who we want to be when we grow up. And when the topic of branding came up, everybody around the table got excited. Oh, we just
1: lit up. It was like, it was like energy was pumped back into the room. It was like after like hours and hours of yeah. all this planning, we're talking about all these different things. And then branding came up and it was like, yes, oh, we, could do, we, we could do this and we could do this. And that's awesome. And it's just us. And yeah. so that's what I'm excited about, Samia, because I know that will always, always be part.
0: Well, thank you for that. I keep telling Maggie I'm going to squeeze all of her amazingness out of her before she's out of here. And that's Mm -hmm. one of the things that we'll be working on is she she's so good at representing our brand and helping us figure out our brand and who we are. And so that that'll be a big focus. I hope in retirement that you do write a book because I just think you have an unbelievable amount of stories to share. Yeah,
1: I know. I'd probably have to get a good lawyer, though, (laughs) 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 Stories you can't tell. (laughs) Stories you can't tell. Yeah, but oh, they are good ones. That's for sure. Well, thanks, Misty, for asking me to be on here. Thanks for
0: making your announcement on Marketing Sweats. For everybody's knowledge, Maggie came up with the name Marketing Sweats and it could not be more representative of Mm -hmm. our world.
1: That is for sure. It, It is our world. Yes. And so I was super excited to be asked to be a guest on it and yeah. it's an awesome podcast you do a great job with it
0: well oh, thank you so much for making so many of my dreams come true Maggie you really have had my back on so many levels and this is just one example of that so thanks for being here and happy retirement time. thank you I'm looking forward to the next six months awesome. finish out strong <laughs> all right thanks so much thank you well what can I say just being in maggie's presence for an hour is always a ride she'll make you laugh she'll make you cry she just cares so deeply about this place we call samantle and more than that she cares about the people inside it our employees and clients are better because of maggie's contributions to this place and while i'm sad she's on her way out our community has so much to gain from her continued presence and involvement on a personal note gosh i'm gonna miss her but I won't let her leave me anytime soon. She's become my friend and my partner in crime. And you can bet she's going to be getting a few. Oh shit calls from me here in the near future. If you see Maggie, please give her a big hug or a high five and wish her well. And if you can think of a few tricks to play on her, she's deserving of all the shit she's been dishing out all these years. We wish you well, Maggie, and thanks for being on marketing sweats. Actually, thanks for helping me invent it. If you want to know more about Maggie, check out marketingsweats.com where we will link to more information about her retirement and some of her local passion projects. And keep listening to season four of the show. You can download all episodes wherever you listen to podcasts. I'm so excited you're along for this ride. Talk soon, marketers.